Pound that thing, let's go. It's a brand new week, and um, <clears throat> excuse me, we haven't seen you guys uh, for a couple weeks because, uh, well, here's the deal, right? We gotta wait till the podcast gets enough listens, and then we can go, okay? Because otherwise, like, we get too far ahead of our audience. So we'd like to thank you guys. Um, Apple Podcasts. I'm not gonna read all the the countries and everything are the same uh, for the past two weeks. Apple Podcast sixty percent, Spotify fourteen, Ghana in India is four percent. Anchor is 4%. iHeartRadio is coming up. It's 2% already. 2% iHeart. So anyway, I want to say, you know, how's it and and mahalo to everybody. Thank you very much. We start with the attitude of gratitude. And um, on this episode, this is a continuation. And this is uh, the second, you know, chapter or whatever. Uh, (laughs) The second part two, actually. And there's going to be several parts, okay? And the reason why there's there's going to be several parts is my story is a long one to tell. And you know, just in uh, just in the past a couple of days, I had uh, someone come on, and he's a regular listener, and he came on, uh, and he he has you know, everybody has something, Hawaiians. Everybody's going through something. Everybody's been through a lot, but. You know, different stuff, right? Different kind of thing, you know. And I'm sure, I'm not, you know, certain, right? I'm not positive, but I'm sure it's a big deal for everybody. I mean, everybody going through whatever they're going through, right? And then to the next guy, it's like, ah, that's nothing. You know, like, like, (laughs) buck it up or whatever, whatever they say nowadays. I don't know. But, but yeah, so this guy thanked me. He, he actually messaged me on Messenger, uh, Facebook. So if you're listening, bro, thank you very much. Uh, it's very heartfelt. And um, anyway, so, and he's, he thanked me. He goes, Ra, thank you for telling your story. Um, a lot of people don't really tell their story story. Like, they don't tell the embarrassing parts of the, you know, that kind of thing. And um, I'm not about that. It's just that, see, here's the thing, right? When I was younger, and I'm not going to tell you guys how old I am, but yeah, I'm not young anymore. Like young, young, like 20s, 30s, 40s. Yeah, yeah, like that. So, uh, but anyway, especially for you people out of Hawaii, you guys don't know anything about me. And that that's a good thing. Uh, but I was always, I always kept to myself because of certain things I was taught by my elders. Okay. And one of them was like, hey, you know what? You show up, you do your job, you go home. Never mind the showboating, never mind the glad handing or whatever you call it. I call it shaking hands and kissing babies, okay? And it's that PR stuff that you got to do or the networking stuff that you got to do to get ahead. And you know what, Hawaiians, I got to tell you, okay, God is real. 
Because I never did that. And God still gave me the avenue to go down. God still made a way for me. Okay, now when I say God, I'm, I'm not talking about... I'm not talking about what you hear in churches, although that is God, right? You know, they're, I guess they're referring to the same thing I believe in, right? And, and I believe in Jesus Christ. I read the Holy Bible, KJV, uh, King James Version, okay? But I don't use it as a weapon against people who don't see things like I do. I don't, um, I don't belittle whatever they believe. I mean, you know, Satanists, even Satanists, right? Like, like this is according to me. This is the gospel according to Junior, right? Satan is. It's like, hey, if, if that's working for you, then okay, go. But you know what? I got to tell you, Hoines. I go online and I see all these reformed Satanists and they're all helping people now. And they're going, no, 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 Satan, you know. So I'm beginning to see life like, you know, phases, right? We go through this phase. Then we go through that phase. And we do our sinning. And then, and then, then, oh, we go through our apology phase. You know, our, our, well, I'm sorry, Lord or God or whoever, whatever you believe. And then, and then you kind of, then you kind of be, you know, even more productive because now you're done with all that. Art. You're done with the mistakes. You're done with the I'm sorry's and please forgive me. You know, the whole pono pono. I told you guys about this on another podcast, right? I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. Now, when you say those things, you're actually saying it to yourself, you know, as well as your creator. Because the creator is in here. It's inside. It's inside you. Okay. Um, and if you believe something else, then okay. Then, then okay. Uh, don't listen to that. Don't pay attention to what I said. But anyway, um, so getting back to my story now, okay. Um, yeah, so... <laughs> Uh, we stopped right at the point that I was going to tell you guys about the drug episode and how I was drugged. And yes, I was deliberately drugged. And um, <laughs> it was a trip. I mean, looking back, I can laugh, right? At the time, it freaked me the hell out. Mm -hmm. So I will tell you exactly what happened. Now, this is exactly what happened as far as as I know. Now, I don't know, you know, who's responsible, who's really responsible. Okay, but here's what happened. So, somebody gave me, and I know who the guy, and the guy's he's gone, he's dead, he passed away. I'm not going to say his name, okay? But he gave me this marijuana joint. And this was when I was, I was 16. And uh, I think I was just about to turn 17. I was a junior in high school. And... Uh, I was born late in the year. I was born in October. So, uh, anyway, he he gave me this joint, and he said, "He he go, bro. Take him home. Watch, uh, you know, smoke him watching the sunset." That's exactly what he said. Smoke him watching the sunset. And I was like, "Oh, okay." I mean, you know, in in those days, we we were smoking like all the time at the beach. We were beach boys. I was a beach boy. So. So that meant that, you know, I brought my guitar to the beach and I was with the older guys. And this this guy that gave it to me, like he was in his late 30s. I want to say he was 38, 39, uh, maybe 40 at that time. Because I think when I met him, he was about 37, 38. And I hung out at the beach for the time I was 12 years old. So, uh, you know, 12, 13, so teenager, you know, 13, just turned 13 and thought I was all that and wanted to hang with the men, right? Because because the boys just wasn't my idea of, you know, guys, dudes to hang with, especially the guys that, that I knew 
because those guys they were into like uh, different things that I wasn't interested in. They were into cars. I remember one of my friends, uh, he became an architect and he was into cars and posters of cars and Porsches and, and all this kind of stuff. I wasn't into that. I was into playing music. And these guys at the beach would all, they would bring their ukuleles, their guitars, and they would play music. And I was about being on the beach, uh, singing to the pretty girls and, um, you know, go drinking, smoking weed, uh, that kind of thing, <laughs> you know, when I was in high school. No, it wasn't just me, though. It was, you know, we had a band of merry men down there uh, that was that was in high school. These these guys was in high school. Like, we always used to, we used to go down there and hang with the guys. And these are the older brothers. <clears throat> and, and, uh, and we, we always, and the thing about back home, right, um, on my island, we addressed everybody with brother first, you know, there, there was, there was brother, brother Mo and and brother so and so and brother so and so, right? And that's how we addressed everybody. I was brother too, and and the fact that these older guys was calling me brother, I was like, whoa, like, I mean, because they they did not mess around. Um, how do I want to say this? I want to say they're on. They were honest, and they're not gonna call you a brother if they don't think you're a brother. You see what I mean? They're not gonna they're not gonna say it just to say it. When they said it, they meant it, and they, you know, and they showed it. They expressed it, and they took care of us. And it wasn't just me; it, it was like everybody that that hung at the beach. We were all beach boys. There was a lot of us. Now, the beach boy thing was like thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, right? And the same thing happened, you know. So, so my life, you know, my summer, my summers w during those years went kind of like this. This is like a general overview of my summers. Okay, I would sneak out of the house. My mom would watch the ten o'clock news on television, uh, and and while she was in her, you know, she would leave the living room, go into her bathroom. She had a bathroom in her bedroom. She would go in the bathroom in her bedroom and you know brush teeth and everything like that. While she was doing that, I was sneaking out of the house. And by the time she went to bed, because she never she never checked on me after the, the bathroom. So I, I watched her pattern, right? I'm like, oh, okay, this is how it is. You know, okay. And and so I was sneaking out of the back door in the garage, right? And I used to keep my guitar. We had, we had little storage uh, cabinet thingies in the garage, sliding door kind of thing. And no locks or anything, just a sliding door. I kept my guitar on the inside of one of these, uh, you know, storage uh, spaces. And so I would, I would go uh, out the back door. I even put WD-40 on the key. <laughs> so I sprayed the key and the lock with WD-40 during the day. Like when I came home from, from high school or whatever. So I always kept the back door uh, locked very well lubricated okay and and i'll tell you why because when you slide the key in right it'll make noise now where i come from it is dead quiet at night i mean dead quiet there is an occasional car that will pass pass by but um and i'm sure it's not like that now this was the old days okay we're talking old days so i would slide the key in the in the thing and it didn't make noise right and so i thought i was slick you know i thought i was yeah i got my bases covered whatever and so then I would grab my guitar and then I would like scamper down the street. Now there's, there's a, we lived on a corner. So there's two ways to go. And if I went one way, 
then my mom's bedroom is facing that road. So I would go down the opposite road and I would go through, you know, what we call the house lots. And I, w- I would scamper down like, I mean, like it was it was like between a jog and then walk and then jog and then walk, that kind of thing. And I would get to the cane field. Now, the cane field was an experience because the cane field had rats and centipedes and every roaches. I mean, bugs, e- everything. So I would be running down the, you know, with my slippers. I had slippers on for you guys outside of Hawaii. Uh, they're um, I think you call them Zori's or flip-flops yeah so i that's what i had on and and so i'm running down the dirt cane field uh actually it's a side road it's a road that they service the the ditches with like they have the you know the the floodgates and stuff they check on the floodgates and they go down that those roads and jeeps and stuff so it's it's like it's not like a road road it's a dirt path that that guys would drive on and so, um, so I would run down that path and yeah, every once in a while there was a mongoose or like a rat running in front of me, you know, stuff. And I just, I just ignore it and I would run straight down and it was a good, I want to say mile and a half. I was a mile and a half walk run. And then I'd get to like the main road and the beach was right across from the main road. And so I'd go down to the beach and sometimes I'd spend the, the whole night by myself and you know just me and my guitar and i was learning how to play guitar at the time i started when i was 14 and so i would stay there and just practice my guitar and when i got tired of you know i'd put it down and just sit there and then i would sleep and i gotta tell you there is nothing colder than the beach at four o'clock in the morning four four thirty in the morning hawaiians let me tell you and i used to just crash out i mean well we said crash out in those days i used i used to just sleep in the lifeguard station and um, 4, 4.30 in the morning. And sometimes it was bone chilling cold. Like my teeth were rattling. That kind of cold. Because the wind would come like right in off the, off the water. And um, yeah. And, we're, and our, my island, my home island is up in the north just a little bit. Uh, so it's not like Honolulu where most people are familiar with. Oahu. Uh, but it's, it's up north a little bit. So it's just a little colder at night. Just a little bit. And uh, but it was cold enough, so that's what my summers were like. So the next day, right? So I'd sneak out of the house that night. The next day, I'd be socializing with these girls that came with a tour bus. Okay, now I gotta tell you this backstory, these backstories, and paint the picture like this because you guys gotta know why I was drugged. Okay, uh, because at at a certain point, you know, this was like overkill. Because, well, these girls used to come, right? And the tour bus used to drop them off. And they were they were there for two weeks. And then the tour bus would pick them up, you know, because they, they would pick them up daily. But at the two-week point, they would say goodbye to us and, you know, give us the presents or treats or whatever. I mean, you know. And, um, and then they would hop on the bus and then they would leave town. So these girls were there for two weeks at a time. So after the two-week period, yeah, it was kind of sad. You kind of go through these sad phases or you're just kind of staring out at the ocean and you you're looking at the next plane that's taking off going oh i wonder if i wonder if that's cory <laughs> you know this girl called this girl cory daphne um and, and one of them i'm not gonna mention her name because she's on my facebook but she's on my facebook and um and we were um uh, yeah we used to hang out <laughs> we used to hang out i mean we used to hang out that's all i'm gonna say that's all i'm gonna say 
but yeah, but she's on my Facebook, right? Because I, because like one day I was like, I wonder whatever happened to so and so, right? And I, I went on Facebook because I, you know, thought, well, everybody's on Facebook, and boom, there she was, and、uh, she turned out to be very highly successful. And has a beautiful family, and she's divorced, and you know went through the the steps, you know, like I said, right, the phases. Anyway, <clears throat> so that was my life. That was my teenage life. And when school was in session during the year, I would go down to the beach, like after school. So I would spend after school at the beach,、uh, whenever I didn't have to be home or at a family function or. Uh, whatever. Sometimes I sometimes I go hang with my friends and we go up into the mountains and you know go slippery slide or or whatever,、uh, hang like that, right? And then and then you know we're still drinking and we're still doing <laughs> we're still doing all that stuff, you know, teenage stuff, right? And um, but but every moment that I had that wasn't doing one of those things. So the majority, you know, majority of my time was spent at the beach. So, so there I was at the beach, right, dating all these girls and whatever. Okay, and I could play the guitar and sing, and that kind of, you know, was,、um, I guess, it gave me an edge with the girls.、Uh, guarantee, <laughs> guarantee. And you know, like I told you guys on on on, you know, so many other podcasts. That's what I wanted to do in life. I wanted to sing to girls, make money doing it, and just, you know. Just, just,、um, just love, cause that was my thing, man. It was like, hey, baby, how's it? How you? You know, let me sing you a song, baby. You know, and before you know it, right? You see what I'm saying? No, I ain't so. But that was me, okay. And and that's still me. I, I'm still. I never changed. That's the same guy, inside of me. That that's that guy. And、um, and I tell my girlfriends that too. I go, well, you know. I'm the last guy you want to have a relationship with, but you know, and girls are like, "Oh no, no, no you know, no, you you can, you can." <laughs> anyway, so okay, maybe a little bit too much information on that one, but anyway, so so that's that was my life, okay, and I got a lot of attention from a lot of females that came to the beach, that came from you know. Oh gosh! Like all over the place, Minnesota, Tennessee, like you name it, L.A., Sacramento,、uh, all over the United States, and they came, and we met all these girls. So when the the tour bus would pull up, the Beach Boys, right? You know, and there was a handful of us sitting on the wall, and you know, watching the beach as well as the road, and we just, you know, so I think sometimes we was watching out for cops, but but we would sit up on the wall, and we would say, hey. Fresh load, and、uh, and the bus would pull up, right? And these girls would get off the bus, and we would look, we would look, and we go, because there was a lot of old people, because old people have money to travel, right? And but these people, like some of them, brought their granddaughters, and their granddaughters were our age. They were like fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, whatever.、Uh, and then some of them was in their early twenties. Bro, we went big game fishing. I mean, you know, if you want to see, if you ever saw a bunch of sixteen, seventeen-year-olds hitting on on twenty-three, twenty-four-year-old chicks, bro, that was us, and and um, and we were quite successful at it. I want to say it was it was fun, it was good fun, and you, these girls just wanted to know somebody from Hawaii, and they wanted to you know cruise and hang, and these girls like sometimes it was like you know these these girls in their twenties, the early twenties. 
um, they used to come in in packs of of three and four, two and three, whatever. And they used to come and rent a car, right? And so we used to make friends with them on the beach, like the first day, first day they hit the beach. Yeah, we wait a little while, you know. We give them an hour and a half, two hours, and, you know. And and some of the lines was like, hey, so what? Uh, you smoke? And, and he's like, yeah, yeah, I smoke. You know, oh, I, we get some stash right here. I mean, blossom right on the beach. Uh, stuff, like, you know, I'm being very open and honest with you guys. Okay, and and these girls, okay, and then, um, that would lead to another thing, and another, and pretty soon it's like, hey, yeah, yeah, you guys want to go out tonight? Yeah, you where you went? Oh, I can show you all the spots, and I can take you to all. So there was these places, and we took the girls. So we were like their unofficial tour guide. Okay. And they paid for everything. And that's the beach boy life. So the beach boy life is the chicks take care of you. Because you taking care of them. Teaching them how to surf. We were, we were t- like being their tour guide. So we were in their cars. They would rent the cars. And we was riding in like Ford Thunderbirds. And he, back in the day, that was that was something. I mean, it was a nice car, right? Air conditioned. I mean, you know, our cars never have air conditioned. And, and I mean, but these cars, right? The rental cars, that's like expensive stuff. And so we was banging. We was banging and we, you know, we was cruising with these girls and, and there was paying for everything. They pay for our lunch, our dinner, everything. We go down, we go down the mall, you know, they go, oh, we want to go get some Aloha shirts. And we read them and, you know, cause they want to take gifts back home. And then they're buying us shirts. And it's like, oh, you would, you would look good in this, babe, you know? And I, and, and you, you know, you know, right? Like th- this is just like babe for two weeks, babe, kind of babe. You know what I mean? And, and boom, right now, boom, like, you know, and we're like, wow, hey, thank you, thank you so much, right? And, and we made sure. That we returned the love. You see what I'm saying, Owen? So, <laughs> so, but, but this was the life. Okay. Now let's, let's leave that as the picture. Okay. So this, that was the accurate picture of what my life was like, uh, during, uh, especially summertime. Cause that's when we were out of school and we were, we spent the most time at the beach. Now on the other, you know, during school time, it was just the weekends, like Saturday, Sunday that we, could go down and, and meet the girls and whatever after school eh, we didn't we didn't really uh we didn't really do that because uh we didn't have time by the time we got out of school got down to the beach it was it was almost sundown and you know we we surfed for a little while and whatever and went home but but yeah so that that's that's what life was like okay mm-hmm. all right now let's start uh fast forwarding to what happened so here's what happened and and I told you the story up until we left off on part one. Now, part two is the drug episode. And like I told you, he gave me the joint. He said, oh, take a moment. Watch, and watch the sunset. So I'm like, okay, you know. And I trusted this guy because I had hung out with him already for years. And he took care of me. I mean, he really took care of me. So there is the question, right? Did he know what was in there? And I don't know. I, I mean, I would think that he would know. Okay, but there is a chance that I mean, he, I kind of, you know, in it really in in my in my heart of hearts, I go, man, he had to have known what was in there, right? And guess what was in there, Hawaiians? Okay, angel dust, a massive amount of angel dust. Okay, combined with cocaine and heroin. Now, this kind of lethal dose that was, you know, in there, um, wasn't meant to. Uh, get me high it it was meant to make me a vegetable 
and um, that was just I mean it it wasn't any more complex or whatever than that you know and wasn't any less than that because I can tell you right now that if I took more than what I took of it um, yeah vegetable guarantee mm-hmm now there's many there's many loose ends that I have tried to co- connect over the years because you know when something like that happens to you right you're like hey, I just want to find out I just want closure I want to find out what happened I want to find out who who did this who put so and so up to this who did what and you know whatever what what's the real story and sometimes you gotta let sleeping dogs lie that's an old idiom you know because you don't want to wake up the dog because maybe maybe you can get something that that you don't want to hear Maybe you can get something. You see what I'm saying? So, so I had to be happy with not knowing. And I asked person after person after person. There are people that know. There are people that know. I don't talk to them. I, you know, they're not enemies or anything like that. Um, I don't really have any enemies. The only enemy I think I ever had was was my son's mom. That was it. And um, no, really, I mean, it was just that way. And it was unfortunate, but anyway, so none of these guys, none of the people that were around that actually know what happened, because there are, right? But they're not enemies or anything. I just, I just don't talk to them. I'm not around them. They're not, they're not around me. And I left that world. Um, in fact, I was so, you know, I was so focused on, okay, I'm going to be an entertainer. And that was my goal. And I just, you know, it was like, mom, put me on a plane. I'm out of here after high school. And um, I, I think I stayed, I think I stayed like a month after high school. And then I was like, put me on a plane. We had a fight. I'm like, put me on a plane. I'm out of here. And I left. But what happened that weekend was pretty, you know, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of loopholes or whatever you want to call it. A lot of missing pieces. So first of all, my mom and, and my dad were on this island because they had to come to a meeting or or I don't know, something, right? Um, So that was one thing. I was like, hey, you know, it's kind of a little coinky-dink that when that happened, like, they were here. Um, And and I was like, okay, coincidence, all right. Then um, there was this guy who was from the, um, (laughs) I want to say, um, Organized crime syndicate, whatever you want to call it, okay. And then, and then later on, I got to know all the guys, right? But, but this guy was was a syndicate guy who was uh, kind of laying low um, on my island because things were a little a little hot over here, you know. And and that's what happened in the old days. See, when things got too rough on one island, and when I say rough, I mean like when when you know cops start watching you, people start checking up on you. You know that pretty soon if you're around. Things are gonna, things are gonna, you know, get serious, and so, so they would come to the neighbor islands and hang out for a couple of years. So anyway, this guy was, this one guy was there, right? Now the first time that PCP was found on my island was found in me. So I have the distinct, I have the distinct uh, honor of being the first PCP case ever on my island. So. And anyway, but I, I don't know, you know, I'm like, I did a lot of firsts, but then that was a first. So anyway, um, and this, um, you know, marijuana joint, right, um, had so much chemicals inside 
that um, if I did more than I did. So here's exactly what happened. I took it and I said, okay, hey, mahalo. I shook his hand, everything. I left, right? And um, another coincidence, I'm going to take you guys on the, on the left side over here again. Um, another coincidence was that one of my uncles, who was an entertainer um, <clears throat> from, from this island, from Oahu, was on that island, okay? And uh, I want to say about a month or two, maybe a month and a half before this happened, I introduced him to the Beach Boys. Uh, so that that's another coincidence, or I, you know, I'm like, saying, oh, what are the odds? Like, what are what are the odds that all of these things are going to happen at the same time? Now I don't know if they're connected, and I'm not saying they're connected, and I'm not, I'm not even, I'm not even concerned at this point. I'm just telling you what happened. So <clears throat> anyway, so I I went home right, and I go, okay, this this is going to be good because the brothers had the best weed. I mean, they had the best stuff from, like, Kalalau. Uh, there's this place on Kauai, like, this inaccessible place. And these guys used to grow the best weed in the world. And guys from the mainland used to come down and go, Wow, where did you guys get this from? You go, oh, no, that's that's what we do every day. And they think, well, not, you know, not every day. I'm exaggerating about that part. But, yeah, it was real good. So, anyway, so I was thinking, like, wow, yeah, this is going to be good. And my mom and dad are gone for the weekend, right? So I can just sit in the backyard. We had we have a big cement slab like a patio. And I go, wow, I can just sit on the patio. And the sun sets right there. Like if you look, you know, uh, from our patio, which our house is on a valley, and you look straight across, it the sun goes down between the two, uh, right? There's, there's this point between two mountains. The sun goes down like right there. And I'm like, wow, that's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna watch the sunset, just like, just like brother said, right? I'm gonna, I'm gonna do that. And I sat down and I went light them up, okay? And I took a hit. And I was watching the sun because I, I thought, well, you know, and I, oh, that's a, that's a good suggestion, right? So I was watching the sun. When I took the second hit, okay? Now these were healthy hits, okay? When I took the second hit, the sun started dancing, and it scared the crap out of me. Okay, because the sun started moving, started shaking. Now, I wasn't shaking. I was looking around. I, I was looking around. And then I looked back at the sun, and the sun was shaking again, right? And I was like, wow, this is, something is going on. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I was like, no, I, this is, something is wrong. Like, this is, this is really wrong. And then I began to felt um, feelings of paranoia. And I never really felt that that way before. Um, the the kind of deep kind of fear that I was feeling, and I was going to like some weird trips, and I, I cannot even tell you how it feels. I can't describe it, but it comes in waves. It's like boom, 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 like sweeping waves of fear. And I had this little baggie, right, with with some weed that I had. And, and I took it all out to the patio because, I mean, nobody was there. It was like my backyard. Nobody would bother, right? And so I got paranoid. I got scared. I put a little rock in it because I that we had uh, we have chips in the back. We used to. We used to have chips in the backyard. And these chips were like um, redwood chips and we had some rocks on the side. Um, so I, I took I took a rock and I put it in the in the baggie and I whipped it over the valley. 
So like it was gone, right? Because I I was thinking like I don't want to get caught with this stuff, right? And I don't know what's going to happen to me. And I whipped this thing over the valley, and then that was the end of it. There was no evidence, right? Okay, so that was that was one thing, but I was in bad shape. I was in bad shape, and this lasted the entire weekend. Now, a few things happened that weekend that were pretty interesting, right? The first thing is that, you know, I was there like by myself in my in my mom's house and um so i mean well my house right you know it's still my house <laughs> this is our house right and so i i jumped on my bicycle i had a i had a schwinn stingray and i jumped on my bicycle and i rode down the street and i don't remember what what happened until i got to the hill there's this hill that goes down you know when you go down hill and you feel like ooh, like inside right you know that that little rise yeah like ooh, and then you're going downhill that's when i actually started like i like i came to kind of thing and i didn't know how the hell i got there but i was i was speeding downhill and so so i stopped my bike i turned around and i drove home i rode home and and I got home and when I when I approached the house, the front door was wide open. Wide open. Okay, so now I'm thinking somebody was in the house. Right? And then so I put my bike in the garage and I, I ran around the went to the front door, you know, searched the house. And so so you know the jokes that people tell about people on ice and stuff? That's what was going on with me. I was like I was like, what? I was tweaking. I mean, this is I don't know. I've never smoked ice, so I don't know what you know real tweaking is but Hawaiians I was panicking okay and and this fear thing was coming and going in waves like it would stop for a little while then I would be okay and then it would just hit me again so I guess what I was having was flashbacks because later on um, I you know got to a doctor and and they were telling me stuff like that but anyway so this goes on for a weekend so now I'm home. So I lock all the doors and I, I basically locked myself in the house, right? And I started calling and I called my auntie and my auntie answered the phone and I started saying stuff like other than what I called her for, which was like, you know, I need, I need help or something or whatever. And I was talking about other things and she said, are you okay? And she started yelling at me because, you know, I wasn't making sense, you know, because like to me, like somebody could have been bugging the phone kind of thing. But I went through all this paranoia. Okay. And and she started yelling at me and I, I'm like, OK, sorry, auntie. Sorry. Sorry. Never mind. It's OK. It's all right. It's all right. And I hung up. OK. Now, I I was going like through this thing. So I got in the car and I could drive at that time. I had, I had a license, everything. I got in in the car. And um, my mom had a Buick Skylark and I got in the Skylark and I, I drove down to the beach. And when I got down to, cause I figured, well, if there's somebody at the beach, maybe they could tell me what's going on because I'm going to do some trips. I got to the beach, nobody was there. Now, when I looked at my watch, it was like four o'clock in the morning. And I had been spinning out like in my head from like, I don't know, sunset. So like 5.30 six o'clock in the evening till four o'clock that morning is like I was hallucinating on and off on and off on and off okay then then what happened was I I go oh man okay so I left the beach and I went to our 
Calabash cousin's house, right? Because I used to, I used to hang out with them. And um, my auntie, this is Calabash family. My auntie had a hula studio, and so the hula girls would all, you know, go over there and we would play music and we would hang out and and watch TV and and whatever. And just just it was a family, um, a real good family kind of environment. And so I figured, well, maybe I can explain it to them. Maybe I can explain it to auntie and uncle or whatever. So I went in. I went to their house, and everybody was sleeping because it was early in the morning. It was like five o'clock in the morning by the time I got there. So I went in the garage, and and I laid down on the on the floor of the garage on the cement on the cold cement, and I I just I just you know wanted to chill out. Right at that point, I was I was still like freaking out in my head because I had all these different thoughts like this this is going to happen or this is going on or that's going on whatever so by the time like anybody got up okay and it was my was my calabash uncle that got up so i went i went to go talk to him and he was outside in the yard and i went to go talk to him he goes hey what are you doing here and i said oh uncle i i, I came because you know I, w- I was scared and scared what's going on and you know and i tried to tell him right and right in the middle of telling him i started to not make sense the same thing like because i didn't want to you know i didn't want to implicate myself i think or i didn't want to you know tell the the you know the story like i i was smoking weed or something or something like that and and so i just i changed the story and now i was talking bubbles i was talking nonsense and he was he was like you better you better go inside go have something to eat and go go eat breakfast with the boys and whatever so i went in right and and um and slowly everybody got up and then you know and that night they had a performance now during the day okay this one of their sons that I used to play music with and entertain with and you know everything with their family and um so he he comes with me in the car and and I told him I said can you drive because I cannot drive I cannot and so he starts driving I get in the back seat and I'm lying down okay now this brother right who is still my friend till today and we're still our families are still close starts like ripping the i mean with my mom's car there's just like you know these these outrageous turns and narrow roads that we have up up in the you know mountain the hillside of, of where i live and so we're going on this thing and i'm in the back seat like going back and forth like being shuffled back and forth that happens okay after that happens after we get back to his house right my auntie them is like, hey, we got a show to do tonight. So so they're like, you got your guitar? I said, no, my guitar is at home. So okay, good. We're going to guitar for you. Here you go. They gave me a guitar. And they took me down to this place called Koloa. And they had a show. And so I'm now I'm standing on stage. And now this is like 7 o'clock in the evening. It was hot. It was so hot. And I'm standing on stage in an Aloha shirt, you know, with a lay on, looking like part of the crew, Right. And I'm and I'm playing because I can I can follow all their songs because I was trained. I mean, they they trained me to do that. They 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 really helped me a lot in entertainment. And so I was there playing the guitar and freaking out in my head. And the audience was like, I don't know. Um, I think some of them were with the CIA part of the time, and you know, like in my head, right? 
And so, so all, all this, and I'm just like flashing in my head, like all night. It's like a different feeling. And then, and then it goes away and then, and then everything's normal and I'm playing and singing and everybody's smiling and trying to be the entertainers and, you know, and then playing all these Hawaiian songs and then, and then pretty soon the feeling comes back and I'm like, what am I doing? I mean, you know, what am I doing here? Like, like, you know, that kind of thing. Now this goes on. This was a Saturday night. Okay. So the, the episode happened on Friday. This was Saturday night. So it's for Saturday night. I'm on stage, right? Okay. So. So then, then after that, I get tired enough because I've been up now for two days. I've been up, like just hallucinating on and off for two days. So I'm tired. So I finally got some sleep because I passed out. I was just too tired. I didn't have any energy. I just, I just passed out in the living room. All of us slept in the living room in front of the TV and stuff. And so I, I just passed out the next day, Sunday. I'm trying to communicate, right, with, with, with my uncle, my, my Calabas uncle. I'm trying to tell him something is wrong, but I, I can't tell you, you know, everything, like, you know, and I'm not making sense, okay? So, long story short, Sunday goes like, you know, the day goes by, right? And my mom and my, my stepdad, right, come back from their trip. Now, they came back from their trip, and I'm, I, I go home. And and they're home, right? And and I start telling my mom, mom something's wrong, something's wrong, and and I'm sorry. And I told my mom the story, okay? And my mom, and in between the story, I kind of leave out details. I left out who gave me, you know, whatever. I left out certain things. I left out the, I, I left out the joyride in the car that that brother took me on. I, I left out a lot of details, um, you know. But the the one thing, you know, so so. so she couldn't nail it down. She did not understand what was wrong with me, but she knew something was wrong. So finally, she goes, well, you uh, want to talk to Uncle So-and-so? Now, Uncle So-and-so was a captain on the police in the police department. And he lived right down the street. And his sons uh, were like my good, good friends. He, in fact, one of his sons was my classmate. So I said, yeah, I, I want to talk to him. And so he came, right? Now he came and then he goes, well, you know, I, I don't know what we can do. You know, you, you don't have the stuff and we can't take a look at it. We don't know what happened to you. Uh, so do you, you want to go to the hospital? So they take me to this psych hospital that they have. Right. And they put me in the observation room. Right. And um, I can tell you how it's in the morning. I ran away from the hospital and I ran down this trail. Right. And then, and then pretty soon. Right, the hallucination was gone, so I ran back. <laughs> I ran back. <laughs> I was like running down these trails on the side of the hospital, going down into the town. I was halfway to town, and I was like, "Wait a minute, what am I doing? Running on the trail?" You know, so I stopped. I turned around. I ran back. Okay, now um, when I ran back, they locked me in the room, and the next thing I saw was my mom. My mom came to visit. Okay, so my mom. Um, and this was the only time I have ever seen my mom in such a weak condition. Like, like I mean, she didn't have it together. My mom is a, a kind of person, like, she always has it together, no matter what. There could be a nuclear bomb go off and she would retain her composure. And my mom had sunglasses on, which I, I never saw unless we went in the sun on the beach, right? 
and she had sunglasses on and and she was crying and she was sniffling and she was holding out a spoon and she was saying please eat for mommy please eat for mommy and now and i and i was trying to eat i i, I didn't feel like eating and i was just looking at my mom i was just staring because in my head right i was someplace else Okay, but I remember that. I remember everything. See, this is the thing. I remember everything. I can walk you through every little thing, right? So time goes by. They put me, you know, in a regular hospital bed. And I have to stay in the hospital. Now, it was so embarrassing because the people in my, my high school, like, that was known as the, the crazy hospital because it was just crazy people and uh, I, I think um, like people in their eighties. Like, what do you what do you call us? Uh, you know, like a like a care home kind of thing for for old people. A geriatric. There you go, geriatric unit. And so I spent like two weeks in that hospital because now they're giving me medicine to control this this you know these these flashbacks that keep happening. So um, my mom is thinking, you know, I have brain damage and. Of course, my classmates, everybody, they, they all thought like, oh, brother's gone, man. And brother did something with drugs and he's gone, you know. And I wasn't gone. I was just having this problem. I was like, what? You know, because I didn't understand, right? So my mom brought me a brand new guitar. I'll never forget this. She brought me a brand new guitar. And because and, she really, she was expressing, you know, that was my mom's, I love you, right? She brought me this brand new guitar. And it was, in those days, guitars were like 75 bucks. And it was a nylon string guitar. It wasn't anything real fancy or anything. It was an Orlando guitar. And, um, cause I, I had, uh, I had two of them. Anyway, she, she, she brought me the guitar so that I could play in the hospital, right? So I could keep myself occupied. And one day, I think, I don't know, it's like the third day, fourth day I had the guitar. I couldn't tune it cause I couldn't hear right because things was happening in my head and i took the guitar and i smashed it on the the you know the foot of the bed the they had they had these old beds with the the iron the iron or metal uh metal uh railing at the end of the bed at the foot of the bed and then they had like a, a metal railing for the like the where the headboard would be or whatever so these are old old school old fashions everything in this hospital was old back in the day so so this was like from i don't know world war ii kind of stuff right but I busted the guitar and I broke the guitar in, in tiny little pieces in, in a violent rage, right? And I wasn't violent. It just, I couldn't tune the damn thing and I was mad, right? So till today, I, I have, you know, I have these PTSD kind of episodes. Um, not, not where I do that. I, I don't do that anymore. But I mean, I can control everything now. But I'm just saying I couldn't control it back then. And basically, I was just being a spoiled brat. You know, so I, I just, I'm like, well, if I can't tune this thing, then F it. And bam, and I broke the damn thing, right? Okay, so my mom decides to bring in um, the best guy, uh, the, the best psychiatrist in the state. And so once a month, he flew to my island, okay? And once a month, she drove me to... Uh, there's this main hospital in the middle of, uh, you know, our t our town, a main town in our island. And I went to go and see him. And that was the beginning of a very, very spooky journey. Uh, it was it was very spooky. 
it kind of went like this. So he tried this kind of medicine. That didn't work. He tried that medicine. That didn't work. He tried this other kind of medicine. That didn't work. Because every time he gave me something, something else with, you know, side effects, right? Something else happened. And, and he would only be there like once a month, right? So I had to go through this, like, this, this wrong stuff or whatever that he gave me, right? And, and this, this wrong stuff lasted for a month. And I was spinning my wheels. So what, also what happened is I went into a deep depression. Um, and the depression happened, I want to say, you know, maybe, uh, maybe six, seven months out from the, the ordeal that I went through, the, the, you know, the drugging episode, right? And um, anyway, I went into a deep depression. I couldn't even, I didn't want to get out of bed. I didn't want to get out of bed. My mom insisted, dragged me out of bed, made me sit in the yard. And I would look up at the clouds and the clouds would scare the crap out of me because they were moving, right? You know, and it, and it felt like I was spinning every time I looked at the, you know, at the clouds. So anyway, this kind of stuff happens, Hawaiians, and it keeps happening. And this, you know, and I can't tell my friends, right? I, you, you know, when you're, when you're a teenager, you want to be normal. You, you don't want to be seen as having a problem or whatever. Cause if you do, nobody wants to be around you. Everybody distances themselves, right? So like to my friends, I was like, yeah, you know, I'm that, I'm all right, you know, whatever. Bull crap. I was spinning my wheels in my head, but I kept it in my head, you know? And all this stuff that, that, uh, you know, I was feeling, right? I couldn't communicate to anybody. There's nobody I could talk to except one guy, my best friend in high school. And, and me, me and him used to, uh, yeah, we used to go park in the middle of the cane field and smoke weed. Uh, but that's another, that's a lot of story. I'm telling you guys too much stuff. But, but this was, you know, high school, right? Teenager. You're, you're finding yourself. You're experimenting. You're, you know, doing all kinds of stuff. In my case, uh, yeah, I got drugged. So, um, anyway, uh, I try to communicate to this guy and tell him what's, what's going on. And he doesn't know how to help me, but he, he understands and he's there. Like he's my best friend, right? And, um, we went through so many things, uh, in, in life together, in young life together, right? And, um, so he's trying to help. He's trying to help. My mom's trying to help. Everybody's trying to help, right? But then I start getting this weird, uh, reaction from people, right? Cause it's such a small place where I come from. Like gossip goes like, like, like wildfire right so pretty soon people start like reacting to me different you know like hey this, this guy is not dealing with a full deck you know so uh and and i'm perfectly fine as far as doing my work and everything i you know uh I, my school work everything was good i was behind but i caught up everything and and everything was fine it was just that i kept getting these flashbacks and so and then there was this doctor, right? It's putting me on all kinds of different crap. And every month was something different, whatever. Then at 17, when I said, put me on a plane, I'm like, I can't stand this place. I'm going to go be a star. I'm going to go be a celebrity. I'm going to go be an entertainer, right? And I left. Okay. Now at that point, right? Um, I didn't need, I didn't need any, uh, any, well, I thought I didn't need any medicine because I, Everything, everything has kind of had kind of subsided, and then the the medicines were like cut down, cut down, cut down, and then I was okay for a little while, for a little while, right? And um, that's where we're gonna pick up the story next time, because I'm gonna tell you about the guy that saved my life. Uh, he's a doctor, 
I'm going to tell you about the doctor that saved my life. Now, this doctor, um, I don't know, you know, maybe he just really didn't know what to do. But brother was sending me on trips, like with all kinds of medicine and then all kinds of side effect medicine. Okay, take this and oh, that one not where oh, that, that one's doing this. Okay, take this then for that. And then, oh man, I, I tell you, it was, it was a trip, Owens. It was a trip. So I cannot tell you like every detail, okay? But this is like the background, okay? And the, the moral to this part two episode is, I always felt, I always had it in, in the very bottom of my heart that this was done deliberately for whatever reason, for whatever reason. But I got to tell you that I was a son of a gun when I was, when I was young. Like if, if you were like, I don't know, opposing me, um, I would be a very uh, formidable enemy. Uh, yeah, I was, I was not a, it was not a very, um, eh, how can I say it was, I was, I was, I was, I was a pain in the ass to a lot of people if I didn't like them. And, um, yeah, I, I was the guy that was scoring chicks and, you know, doing all that stuff. I was showboating and all that kind of stuff. Um, I can think of, I can think of tons of reasons why, um, you know, uh, I would be, you know, uh, the target of like, Hey, let's get rid of this kid already. Uh, let's, let's put him in Waimanu home. Let's, <laughs> all he has to do is smoke that joint and he'll be gone forever. And he'll be in a football helmet, banging his head against the wall in some asylum. And, and I mean, you know, basically that's what, you know, uh, that's what that's what my feeling always was and several people around me had the same feeling and we all kind of you know we all kind of thought the same thing but then you know nobody had any specific details other than who gave it to me and then of course what I experienced but that's the situation um that's what happened and that's what I experienced and um I'm going to tell you in the next episode, part three, Hawaiians, part three, Hawaiians. <laughs> in part three, I'm going to tell you about the guy, um, not going to name names, but I'm going to tell you about this guy. And this guy saved my life because he took one look at my chart. He was this doctor. And this was in my 20s, my early 20s, okay, my early 20s. Uh, not even 24 yet. Uh, 20, I think I was 22, something like that, 23. And he looked at my chart and he said, you don't need all this stuff. He goes, this is bull crap. Well, he used another word. And he goes, this is bull crap. He said, he said, you don't need all this stuff. He goes, you're just taking, you're taking all this stuff and then you got to take the side effects thing and then they're changing your meds and then this and that. And then he goes, you just need one thing. He goes, that's all you need. And I'm like, what? He goes, yeah, you just need one thing. So turns out, right, that this anti-convulsant uh, medication helped with all of this. And until today, I take I take two pills in the morning, two pills at night, right? And this is so I don't go into uh, hallucinations and, and crap like that. Okay, so now you know how I. There you go, how I. That's the story. That's that's part of the story. Okay, but this guy, right? Um, and I still I talk to him during pandemic. I because every Thanksgiving, every Thanksgiving, I call him and I say thank you to that doctor. Because if it wasn't for that doctor, Hawaiians, I think, um, I don't know, there was this one doctor who wanted to give me uh, prolixin, which is a very mind-altering drug. <laughs> I mean, well, I saw these guys that, and, you know, I, I got to tell you, I saw these guys that they gave all this kind of crap to. 
and they turned into vegetables, Hawaiians. They were vegetables in a matter of years. I, I saw these guys like three, four years later when I used to see these guys. And I was like, these guys couldn't even think. They could hardly talk. They could hardly move. I mean, they, they, would, they were like old men. And, and they were like in their early 30s. Because their brains had deteriorated. Their nervous systems had been shot. They were just, they were different people. And I could have been one of them very easily because these guys was like factory medicine. Like, okay, let's give him that. And they, okay, that works on him. All right, give him to everybody. I mean, bro, that was, that was, it was, it was weird. It was really weird. And I really, by the grace of God, because all I did was pray, 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 pray. And by the grace of God, you know, God sent that angel uh, in the form of that doctor. And he said, no, 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 you just, just do this. That's all you need. And for the rest of the time, right, that's that's all I did for the rest of my life. And that was in, what, I was 23. And um, I'm a lot older now, Hawaiians, but yeah. So uh, it's been it's been very interesting, you know. And um, I don't know what you've been through. We've all been through stuff, you know. I'm not, I'm not here to bellyache. Um, I complain or feel sorry for me. No, 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 Hawaiians. I'm here to tell you the story because... I've never told anybody this story and I'm telling all you guys, okay? Because a lot of people don't know me and, you know, I, I just kind of keep away from people because, you know, I go, I do my job, I go home and I'm not like into going out and meeting everybody. I'm not an attention whore. I don't have to go out and, you know, I, online, yeah, I, I put my promos out there because I need, I need work. You know, I put my, my songs out there because, yeah, people need to buy my albums. People need, I mean, that's what I do. You, you see what I'm saying? But that's not me. And people that know, know me, the people that really know me, they know this. Okay, but the general public don't know this. And, well, Hawaiians, now you know this, Hawaiians. Oh, oh, sorry, Hawaiians, I, I gotta go. Anyway. We all have our cross to bear, Hawaiians. Every single one of us. That's right. Nobody has a perfect life. <laughs> but I could tell you about my family, but nah, nah, that's another podcast, Hawaiians. Hey, I want to thank our sponsors, Island Club and Spa. Brother Randy, Sister Jerry over at the, 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 what, what is that? The, 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 it's in Kaka'ako. The Kolani. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Oh, Hawaiians, I went, my brain went left field. See, see, see what happens? So, you know, sometimes when I repeat myself on a podcast, okay, now you know why. All right. So, yeah, my brain don't work like yours. <laughs> Till next time. Oh, don't forget, Darren Chin and his music on iTunes, okay? So, that's uh, that's AFMHawaiiMusic.com. Also, mahalo to Voice Master Family of Service Companies. And uh, we see you next time, okay? For part three, Hawaiians. Part three. Aloha.